Hey there, this is Liana, and you are tuning in to Sharpen Her Iron, conversations with dope women. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Liana, and I am back in what we call it, the lab, the studio. Really, I am in my bedroom at home on quarantine mode like the rest of the world, or at least definitely the nation and the city of Los Angeles. Um... Just doing my best to uh, continue to uh, live a fulfilled life um, in the midst of everything that's going on, uh, use the time wisely, uh, manage stress um, in a way that it does not manage me, and um, just kind of show up for people that I love and um, for those of you who are my listeners, my followers, um, who tune in to receive some dose of uh, encouragement, motivation, and really uh, straight up hope out of the word of God. Sharpen Her Iron is a platform that I started to uh, to inspire and motivate and build uh, women across the generations um, by having dope conversations with other women and sometimes just chopping it up and, and sharing things that's on my mind. Um, two weeks ago, I, I put up a, a post or I did a, a podcast called um, A Return on Your Emotional Investment, talking about during this time of dealing with the coronavirus, COVID-19, um, making sure that we are investing our emotions in a way that the return is beneficial for us. So if you haven't got an opportunity to catch up on last week's uh, episode of the podcast, I think it, it would be very um, beneficial to you. And so I decided that as long as we are dealing with um, the coronavirus and COVID-19 in a a way that we are right now, meaning we're quarantined in our houses, this is, I mean, we're getting news reports literally every day, every couple of hours, every couple of minutes, there's different updates. We're finding out who, you know, is catching it, what numbers, how many people have died, what's happening, and all this stuff can just be a bit overwhelming. And I want to come in and, and bring some hope and just shed some light and share some inspiration and really some encouragement, um, which for me comes directly out of my relationship with God and out of his word and the promises that I have seen manifest in my life um, over and over again. Um, so let me just tell you, a couple of weeks ago, my aunt, she hit me up and she said, you know, she decided she wanted to do church on her block. Um, you know, at that point in time is when we initially got the different orders to say, Hey, you know what? We're reducing the size of church or reduce, or not just church, but of social gatherings and which affected a lot of churches. Um, they had to close their doors and think of more innovative ways to bring forth the gospel, whether that was going to be, you know, on a live stream or some churches decided, you know, I'm about to do the parking lot of our church. Like they just really had to pastors and church staff really had to step back and say, you know what? Like we can't stop sharing the goodness of Jesus because we can't be in our building in the same way. Likewise, my aunt was like, you know what? This is an opportunity for me to bring church to my community, for me to bring church to my neighbors. And the truth of the matter is COVID-19 or not, um, some of these people probably weren't going to church on a Sunday morning anyway. So she decided to get a, a guy that she knows, a DJ. He came out on her lawn um, and he played like amazing worship music and then, you know, she asked me to to, um, to, pre- to preach. 
And I was like, absolutely. Um, and so this podcast, I wanted to actually give you guys um, the sermon uh, to allow you to hear the sermon that I preached on that Sunday. Um, and I was just going to share the audio from it, um, which was dealing with the topic of how to experience the peace of God. Really like just the formula of not just the concept of peace or knowing that there's peace out there, knowing that God offers peace, but how do I um, move from knowing that God offers peace to receiving God's peace for myself? And I wanted to share that that sermon with you guys. And I was really frustrated because I was um, trying to grab that audio off of that Facebook Live. And it's just the technicalities behind that was very difficult. And I almost like quit. And I was like, you know, Liana, just go to plan B. Like share with them the message that you shared on that day. Instead of spending all this energy trying to strip the audio um, and get frustrated with why the sound is not showing up on my iMovie that I would just pull out my iPad with my sermon notes from that day and just give you guys straight from my heart, the goodness, um, that God had laid on my heart that day. And so the message on that Sunday, which was uh, two weeks ago, came out of, uh, Philippians chapter four, verses four through nine. So let me read to you what that says. Philippians four verses four through nine. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. So uh, in this chapter, Paul is talking to the church of Philippi and basically he is giving them the instructions on how to receive the peace of God. What that means is the peace of God, though it's offered to us, he does not force it on us. So Paul says, listen, you're in the middle of a circumstance that is robbing you of your peace or has the potential to rob you of your peace. I believe that um, God never puts anything in the Bible that we could just do easily. That almost he knows that we're going to be in a particular type of circumstance that's going to demand of us to be reminded of the truth of God's word and for us to grab it when we are tempted to do otherwise. Meaning we will be tempted to fall victim to anxiety and fear and worry and stress and depression. And Paul shows up in the scene and he's like, hey, 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 you want the peace of God. This is how you ascertain it. This is how you receive it. Five points that stood out to me in this passage. And the first one is even in the midst of suffering, find something to rejoice about, to have joy for to be grateful for. We're talking about how to receive the peace of God, right? We're talking about how to accept the peace that God offers us. Well, Paul starts off by saying, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say again, rejoice. He's saying, even in the midst of suffering, you got to find something that's already a part of your life 
to be grateful for, to have joy for. So in the midst of the coronavirus, in the midst of COVID-19, in the midst of the fear that's going on, maybe some of you guys are losing your job or you got reduced to part-time or or you have family members that are medical workers and they still have to show up on a scene or there's just all kinds of things. Or maybe you fell, you fell ill or someone you know fell ill to what's going on. There's so many different potential um, scenarios at play um, that are the, are the result of this one uh, crisis, right? We have this one major crisis going on um, that's affecting the globe, uh, which is the coronavirus, but it may be affecting our individual lives in very uh, specific and different ways. And Paul shows up and he's talking to the church of Philippi. He says, and listen, one of the ways that you receive the peace of God is learning how to be grateful and joyful for what is right in your life. I'll say that again. Number one is you gotta find joy about certain things that are right about your life. So you may say to yourself, dang, I gotta be stuck in the house. But what's right about your life is thank you, Lord, that I have a house to be stuck in. Because there are some people who don't have a house to be stuck in, right? I'm not saying minimize or change the, um, uh, or, or, or ignore the things that are affecting you, I'll say negatively, or that are, are, are horrible about the situation. I'm not saying you have to turn a blind eye to the realities of this tragedy. I'm saying that part of the ways that you receive peace is learning how to be grateful for what is right in your life, finding joy in the midst of suffering. He says, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice, right? So maybe part of an exercise that you do today is um, writing down the things that are right about your life and turning those into praise points. Lord, thank you for the health of my children. Lord, thank you that you are my provider in the midst of these difficult circumstances. Lord, thank you that I have a family to lean on. Lord, thank you that even if I don't have a family to lean on, I have a church family, or I have neighbors. Lord, thank you for activity in my limbs and health in my body. Lord, thank you for money to go to the grocery store and buy food. Lord, thank you for the supplies that even though things are mayhem and going crazy right now, that I have that role of tissue, God. Lord, Lord, thank you for the mass. Lord, thank you for the vitamins that I have to help build my immune system. Lord, thank you that I live in a state where I have food to eat in the midst of everything that's going on. Lord, thank you that I am a vessel. Like whatever it is that you can be grateful for, Paul starts out by saying rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Lord, thank you for FaceTime. And though I'm not able to be physically with my family, I can pick up a video and I can call the people that I love and I can check in on them. Lord, Thank you. Whatever your circumstance is in the midst of the things that are going wrong, one of the ways that we receive peace is knowing how to find joy in what is right. Basically, it's about having a paradigm shift, right? Like, it's not always about controlling the circumstances, but our perspective in the midst of them. And so what Paul is saying is, hey, there are some things in your life that are beautiful and that are good. And part of receiving the peace of God is by not fixing all of your focus on what isn't and learning how to rejoice in what is. The second point he says in here, he says, be where is this? Uh, verse five, let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. It's interesting um, because most people wouldn't say, oh, one of the ways you receive peace from God is by being considerate to other people. But I believe that it is. 
Because the more that you um, stop making all your focus about you and you show up as an instrument of God, the more that you're able to uh, be one with God and seek with God and receive a wusa, meaning you are not so focused on what you're going through that you don't know how to show up for other people. And as you show up for other people and you are loving on other people and you're being considerate to your neighbor, you're being considerate to other people, there is this, um, this energy exchange that takes place. So God says part of receiving peace or the, the equation or the formula to receiving peace is being a selfless person, uh, being a person that is considerate towards others. And so the question becomes in this specific scenario, what type of neighbor am I being? What type of family member am I being? Even though we are to exercise social distancing of our body, it doesn't mean we need to distance our hearts and our concerns for other people. And so, you know, there's elderly people on your block or disabled people on your block. Are you bringing them food supplies? Are you checking in on them and making sure they're okay? Other members of your family, are you going out of your way to be a resource for other people while you're trusting God to be your source? It's not a either or it's a both and and whether we fully understand it or not it is very clear in this passage that being a considerate person is a part of the formula for receiving uh, the peace of God in our lives the third and what I would even call the most important piece uh, to this equation or formula you will find in verse 6 it says don't worry about anything instead pray about everything Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will receive the peace of God, which exceeds anything we can understand. Is it that the most effective way to not worry is to turn your concerns into prayers? I'll say that again. The most effective way to not worry is to turn your concerns into prayers. So everything you would have naturally or as a byproduct of the situation what you would have worried about. God says, now it is an opportunity for you to take those and turn those into prayers. Sometimes we say, we don't know. I don't even know what to pray or I don't even know how to pray. And Paul says right here, listen, one of the best ways to pray is to think about all the things in your life you would have normally worried about and use those as prayer points. Make those topics as you are coming before the Lord, take the things that you worry and, and hand them over to a God who is capable of dealing with them. For us, we worry, but our worry doesn't produce anything good for us. But Paul says, you know what? Don't worry about it. Take those worries and turn them into a conversation with God. So it may be something like, God, I don't know how I am going to pay this month's rent but I trust you. I trust that you will provide a solution or you will provide uh, an outcome for me in the midst of everything that's going on. God, I have to keep going to work and interfacing with uh, people, you know, all the time and I can't afford to not work, but I trust you. I trust that you're going to protect me, that you have your angels guarded and surrounded around me. Like I trust that my worries and my concerns are, are utmost, um, care to you that you have not neglected or forsaken me. You take the things that you would have worried about and that you are troubling you and that are keeping you up at night and you turn them in to a conversation with God. Leads to uh, my fourth point, which is directly connected to the third point, but peace comes from handing over issues to God. God won't steal them from us. We have to hand them over to him. At that point is when we experience the peace of God. We experience the peace of God in the exchange with God. You cannot hold on to your worries and your troubles 
and your fears and your anxieties. You cannot cling to them as some sort of uh, uh, protection or cling to them as some sort of um, whatever. I don't know why we cling to them. I don't know. Somehow we tell ourselves if we um, are anxious or we cling to these things or we put these things over and over in our mind, somehow they're going to actually have some type of like beneficial um, result for us, but they never do, right? So, but we still care. We 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 grab tight them almost. We own them and we hold them very near and dear, as if that's a, a solution to our problem. But here in the passage, God makes it very clear that the, the peace of God is received in the exchange with God. That 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 holding on to worry is not the gift, or holding on to our fear, or thinking that we are um, we have to figure everything out. That that actually relinquishing control is the gift, and not holding on to it as if um, we have something to offer ourselves in that in that space. Um, and so um, that's why it says um, uh, in verse seven. Tell, oh, verse six, right? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. So number three was about the process of praying. And in and, and that prayer time is where we offer, um, experience our exchange. But I wanted to be very clear. Um, and that's why I, number four, it says, peace comes from handing it over to God. Because right here it says, um, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. So, right, in that prayer time, you're telling God what you need. You're not worrying. You're 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 having an attitude of gratitude. And then he says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. Meaning God's peace doesn't even make sense. It doesn't make sense that in the midst of this kind of circumstance, whatever your circumstance is, it could be the coronavirus or it could be something else that you're faced with or you face you will face even after this moment because this is not the last thing that's going to be scary or the last thing that's going to want to rob our joy or the last thing that's going to rob, want to rob our peace or be the uh, captain of the ship of our lives. It's not going to be the last hard time we have as long as we have breath in our lungs, right? So he's saying, listen, these, you're going to have stressful situations, situations that are going to want you to, um, to turn your life over to it. But I'm saying turn it over to me and, and, and you will receive a kind of peace from me that doesn't even make sense. You can't even wrap your mind around it. It, it doesn't even compute why in the middle of a hard time you can have peace. See, it's easy to understand if peace comes at the um, conclusion of the hard time, right? Oh, now that the hard time is over and you're not faced with that type of um, crisis anymore, of course, it, it, that it seems like the natural time to have peace is right then. What this scripture is saying, this scripture is saying you can experience peace before the storm is over. This scripture is saying you can experience peace before the storm is over. And the kind of peace that you experience before the storm is over is only the kind of peace that God can give. And it's also a peace that will never make sense to us. But as long as you participate in God's formula for peace, you will always be a, a recipient of God's gift of peace. I'll say that again. As long as you participate in God's formula for peace, you will always be a recipient of God's peace. As long as you participate in God's formula for peace, you will always be a recipient of God's peace. And God says, in the exchange of your worries... When you decide to pray about them and be grateful, when you decide to be a considerate person, when you decide to be a person of rejoicing and, and joy, which means in the midst of hard times, you can think about the thing that is worth thanking God for. When you're that kind of person, you are uh, you are the prime candidate 
to receive the peace of God. And it is in that moment, in, in, that, in that act of exchanging, that you then receive God's peace. Because this is probably the part that like makes me excited the most. And that is God's exchange, the, the exchange with God is not a one-time affair. That every time you feel yourself needing to experience God's peace, you're tempted to worry, you're tempted to, um, to, to fret, you're tempted to succumb to fear or depression, that that is the opportunity to experience an exchange with God. And the temptation alone is nothing to beat yourself up about. Even as a, a Christian or a child of God, maybe you know God and you still struggle in this area. God says to you today that every time you're tempted, that it is merely an opportunity to have an exchange with me. If there was a way that I titled or I named God, I would call him the God of the great exchange. Because in my life, if I can kind of zoom out and look at my whole life and who God has been, he has been a God who has constantly been involved in making exchanges with me. Exchanges of, of addictions, exchanges of worry, exchanges of depression, exchanges of all kinds of things. I've, I've, I've always seen him to be the God of the great exchange. But the thing about an exchange is it's not something that is forced upon you. The thing about an exchange is not something that is taken from you. An exchange is an act of your will. But God says, if you are willing to have the exchange with me, I already have peace prepared for you. And God promises that his peace will guard our hearts and our minds as we live in Christ Jesus. As we live in Christ Jesus, we will experience the peace of God. And the peace of God, it takes up, it's a guard. You think, you think of security. You think of a person who is, it is their responsibility, let's say, to keep a store safe or to keep a bank safe. It's to, to be stationed at their, to be positioned in their station to guard a, a, a store from any type of a robbery, right? Or burglary or any type of offense that's about to take place. God says, that is what my peace is for your heart. It is a military. It is a militant. It, you have a, a, an image of your heart and your mind. And God says, when you participate in my formula, that I then take peace and I put it at the guard of your heart and I put it at the guard of your mind and anything that would try to rob you, anything that will try to come in and steal your joy and, and to steal your serenity and to, to steal your communion with me, I've already put peace as a guard as long as you participate in the formula for which my peace um, is activated. And then Paul goes as far as to say this in verse nine, verse eight. This is the last point that I want, point number five that I want to bring home here is as we are now, as we have, once we have, you know, we've received the, the peace of God and we're moving forward in our day. How do we keep the peace of God at guard? the guard of our heart. How do we keep, um, how do we maintain the, the gift that peace, the gift of peace that God has given us? Paul says, and then now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise and keep putting into practice everything you have learned and received from me. Paul says, listen, you're going to be tempted to move peace out of its rightful position in your life. You're going to be tempted to worry again. You're going to be tempted to be overcome by the circumstances. He's saying, listen, be careful about what you think about. Be careful what you meditate on. Be careful what you let 
into your ear gates and your eye gates. Be careful. Be at, be on watch. He says, think about the things that are pure and honorable and noble and of good report. He says, you have a responsibility to guard your mind and your eyes and your ears. You have a responsibility to take care of what you think about and what you meditate on. He says, meditate on the truth of who God is and continues to be in your life. Meditate on the word of God. Meditate on the character of God. Meditate on the nature of God. The things that are true and noble and worthy and excellent about who God is in your life. Do not allow the news reports and the social media posts and the, 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 all the information that is, is bombarding us in the media. Do not meditate on those things. Just be aware, be abreast, be knowledgeable. But there's a difference between being educated and meditating on something. There's a difference between knowing what's going on and allowing what's going on to dictate your beliefs, to dictate your peace, to dictate your state of mind. So basically you have to be intentional about what you think about with how you use your mind. Your mind is a powerful, very powerful, very, very, very powerful tool. I believe it is like our chief instrument as far as um, our spiritual weapons and um, the Bible consistently talks about basically our paradigms. Um, the kingdom of God, which is, it, which is a, it's, it's a reality and it's also a way of viewing reality. Um, and if you want to receive the peace of God, you have to learn how to turn your worries into prayers. You have to worry, you have to remember to be a considerate person, right? To be a selfless person, um, have, a, have a state of rejoicing in the midst of any type of circumstance. And you have to um, be willing to in, engage that exchange with God. And, um, you have to choose what you think about. You have to be intentional about what comes into you. And so, um, my prayer today, it, it, as I am doing this podcast and giving you this message, this sermon that I preached a couple weeks ago is that you would receive God's gift of peace today. And I want to, I want to close with this very important point. It's that the promises of God, which peace is a promise of God is offered to the people of God, to the children of God, to those who are in relationship with God, that it is not a universal message, but to receive the gifts of God, to receive the benefits of God come out of being in relationship with God. But what I love about God um, is that relationship with God is offered to anybody who wants it. The word of God says that God wishes that no man shall perish. No one. And perish means to be outside of relationship with God and to, to, to live in eternity, your eternal life separate from him. God does not desire that. He desires to be in constant eternal communion with each and every one of us. Um, Romans chapter two, verses four, it says it's the compassion and the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Meaning, um, part of receiving a relationship with God is a, a heart of repentance. Romans chapter 10, verses nine says that if we confess with our mouth. Romans says, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, that you will be forgiven and that you will have relationship with God. And and that's what I'm offering you today. It's that, that if you want to receive the promises of God, you want to receive, which peace is one of the promises of God. It comes in relationship with God. And um, God says, I extend myself to you today. And in the privacy of your own home, you can pray a prayer that says, God, I welcome you into my life. I believe, Jesus, that you died on the cross for my sins. 
and that um, I am forgiven if I confess my sins to you and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I'm forgiven and that, that is my entry point. That is my access to relationship with you today. Not tomorrow, not some day, not some future point, but today. It says on the day that you hear the, the voice of the Lord to harden not your heart, meaning the day that God uses an instrument, a vehicle, a podcast, a person, a sermon, whatever, to, 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 to be his voice in your life, that you would not harden your heart, but that you would open yourself up to receiving that gift. And that's what I'm offering you today on this podcast today in the midst of everything that's going on in the world today. God says, I, I avail myself to you. If you want it, I'm yours. And so I pray that you receive the gift of relationship with God and every gift that comes in relationship with God today. So I offer that to you. I offer you Jesus. I offer you salvation. I offer you the truth. And I just pray that over your life. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on Sharpen Her Iron. Go ahead and like this, share it with a friend, and subscribe to our podcast for more conversations with dope women. If you want to stay connected, you can follow me on Instagram at thequeenliana. You can email us at sharpenheriron at gmail.com. Engage with us. Let us know what you think about the show. And for all upcoming events Sharpen Her Iron related, go ahead and visit our website, sharpenheriron.com.